Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brampernard. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be right back in a couple of minutes. We'll schmooze a little bit with the family. And then about halfway through, we'll talk to Stephen Ladd, uh, the five-year voyage exploring Latin American coasts and rivers. Uh, great hour coming up next with the family. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. What do you think of that action is what I want to know. You know what I mean? Uh, i got to run this by you guys, and you can figure out for me what the hell this is all about because I don't get it. A woman attempted to glue her hand to the court during the Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves versus Los Angeles Clippers play-in game at Target Center. Uh, arena security quickly grabbed the woman, got her off the court, and then cleaned the area. But it doesn't say why she did this. Attention. I'm sure she's an activist of some kind. Yeah, but it doesn't say in here what she was protesting or activating Wendy, or I told you you need to use super glue. You can't use wood glue for these things. <laughs> yeah, slow. Wendy. 
the hell's wrong with you? Gorilla glue. Yeah, I don't like basketball. You'd be more apt to catch me trying to like glue my hand to the penalty box at a wild game, but I'm not going to do that. A true Minnesotan. Yep. A true Minnesotan. It's all true. So what's going on, Wendy? Oh, Mark Bittman? I really always listen to your guest. I love him. You know, you should have him on for a series, like, um, because Alex and I were talking, and I started this thing a few years ago where I had never been a big gardener because I tend to kill everything, but I've been getting better. I've been, like, watching YouTube videos, improving stuff, and now I'm to the point where the last two years I've started stuff from seeds, and it's actually working. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that... Although I do not cook from scratch all the time, I learned how to cook from scratch at a very young age because I was in 4-H for anybody out there that knows what that is, country kids. And it's it really makes you appreciate your food. A meal is not just, oh, my God, I got to eat this and I got to run. Actually cooking from scratch makes you appreciate what you're eating. Maybe it's just me, but... Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's very true. My, my mother's... Uh, parents had this gigantic garden and they canned everything um they were you know farmers mm-hmm. before they were retired and they just they the thought of buying food at a grocery store unless they had to was just beyond them mm-hmm. they had, they kept chickens and did all that freeze- stuff mm-hmm. i've started freezing and dehydrating stuff because yep. uh, i just i'm not going to take the chance of canning yet it's like you have to you have to have like the levels of things at each at a specific level, otherwise, you know, you might poison people. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 let's just stick to freezing and uh, oh, dehydrating. <laughs> well, Mike, Mike Bilski's wife, Jackie, that... is an amazing canner. She oh, has yes. an entire really? canning oh, room. Gosh, yeah, the amount she of, loves yeah. to can and pickle things. Really? Yep. I'm thinking about getting oh. into that. Is just start like growing stuff and then. Like especially um, if I could grow baby corn, that would be great. Because if, if you have sun, if you have sunshine, baby corn forever. Yeah, if you have sunshine and a giant fence, you can grow anything in Minnesota. Yeah. But I don't know how yeah. you grow anything with these stupid deer. Yeah, well, we don't really have deer. Oh, we have a yeah. lot of like rabbits and squirrels and stuff. Oh like well, that, they, yeah, though. rabbits are very destructive to a garden too. Yes, yeah, you they have to are. have a really good fence, otherwise you're just battling the rodents. That's what I hear. Well, and- yep. The way we the way we do it, we have two schnauzers in the backyard, so really we don't get a lot of issues with that. But uh, oh, yeah, it, that's good. Our backyard, you you can't plant anything like actually in the ground ground in our backyard because our cul-de-sac was built on fill, so it's not really healthy dirt. Mm, so no. my husband, God bless him, and it, and Alex has seen pictures of us. God bless him. He throughout the years, every Mother's Day. He builds me a new raised bed, like, you know, something old that's, like, waist-level raised bed. Those are nice. So I don't Mm -hmm. have to, like, bend down. I've got, like, you know, we don't have a huge backyard, but my backyard is taken, almost taken over by them, or it will be after he makes me the ones I want this year. And it's just kind of an experiment. Whatever I can't kill, then I, I freeze it, or I had tomatoes all over the place last year. And I did a lot of uh, freezing. I had this crockpot tomato sauce recipe. And my husband, a lot of people, they notice. I mean, they're like, wow, this tastes really different. It's really good. What is that? And it's like, <laughs> that's a real tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah the last time, for Alex, one... last time I had a garden, Alex, a proper of... garden, was in Maple Grove. 
remember? And Alan Dorfman came over for dinner, and I said, do you want some salad? He said, no, no, I don't eat salad. I said, I grew all this lettuce and all these ingredients. He said, oh, okay, I guess I'll have some. He, he asked for seconds and thirds. It really does make a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it does. does. For yeah. real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, and one thing that, one thing that Alex, can, Alex, you can do this for the kids. One of the reasons I started cooking, you know, when I was in 4-H was because um, my mom did this thing where my mom really encouraged it. And for my brother and my sister and I, you know, once we hit a certain age, we would sit down and, you know, like with the kids, give a kid like one meal a month to sit down and, you know, sit, talk about what they want to plan and have them help you cook it with them, like do the ingredient list and then have them help you cook it. And they can really take pride in the fact that, hey, look what I cook. Yeah, I had mom's health, but, I mean, I was cooking meals, like, once a week for my whole family by age, like, 10 or 12. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Fawn my loves bro- helping My brother cook. used to order pizza a lot, but. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you, give them that, if you give them that license and responsibility, like, I pick this, I help make it. Mm-hmm. That is a good just, idea. It gives them that sense of, I really love to do it, let's do it again. And it really encourages you. And is everything I cook organic and healthy? Oh, no, 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 no. But is it all good? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's wonderful. Last night, there were mushrooms in the dinner that I made. And Fawn and Sage have these kid knives. Um, And they both were helping me take the stems off the mushrooms and chop them up. And Sage helped me. I always, Fawn... Um, chewed cucumbers in her lunch and I have these little cut out things that turn them into you know like a flower or a bunny or whatever just for fun and Sage always likes to help me with that and like yeah it's funny how something so simple like I chopped up a couple mushrooms and then like Dan came up from work and we were eating dinner and both the kids were like I helped with the mushrooms yeah. aren't they good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's go. actually a recognized it's, phenomenon it's, um, it's fun it's fun. Keeps the kids are going to want to keep doing it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if I'd call chopping things fun, but uh, we're having for Brussels. A kid, it's fun. Yeah, we're having Brussels sprouts in our dinner tonight, and they love helping me with oh, Brussels yeah? sprouts because they peel off the outside yucky leaves, and then they chop oh. off the end, mm-hmm. and they think it's just the coolest well, I thing. I hate chopping Brussels sprouts, so they can come over they whenever they want. Would be happy to. They think it's that's just the only bad thing gas. about Brussels sprouts is that it takes so long to. I know, cut and then you have this giant one. pile of leaves, yep. and you're like, well. You sure do. We have compost, is. which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to just throw it in the backyard for the rabbits. Oh, yeah. yes, rabbits would like They're that. They're like, hmm, tasty. Mm-hmm. Delicious <laughs> dirt leaf. They don't care. Delicious dirt leaf. Dirt leaf. There they you don't go. care. That's what they eat they're, anyway. Yeah, they're rabbits. <laughs> That's their diet. It's mm-hmm. delicious dirt leaf. I like it. Wendy, thank you. You betcha. You guys have a great week. All right. Thanks a lot. Wendy, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a quick break. Be okay. right back. Kelly Ke- Kelly Thiel. It's been 11 minutes. Well, I know, but we're going to keep her on for a half an hour, so that'll be good. Oh, well, okay. That's then. why I wanted to do it this way. Right back with Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen. Unapologetically glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame. Fascinating story coming up next with Kelly Thiel and the family. 
Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre. Sabre and Bryant doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. Continuum is here, it's new, and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. There are no pills or surgeries. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole, nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation and find out more today. Go to their website, ContinuumWeightWellbeing.com, or call or text them at 952 952- Four nine one six five two seven. That's Continuum C O N T I N U U M Continuum Weight Wellbeing dot com. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, and you've got a bit of audio to play before because we've got a, a couple of minutes here before uh, Kelly. She uh, actually did call in. Well, she did. Okay, so she could. It's just a couple of minutes anyway, isn't it? The clip. Uh, it's forty-three seconds. Oh, that's all, Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, Kelly? Good. How are you doing? Marvelous. We're just going to play a little bit of an audio thing. You'll understand why we want to play it, and then we're going to talk to you uh, for the rest of the show about your experiences and your book. So, Andy, explain what the uh, audio is, and we'll go f- go forward with it. It's a clip from when Dana Gould and Gilbert Gottfried were on the show. I oh, God. What was that probably four years ago if, at yeah. least? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just been about a right. while. But yeah, it's um, Gilbert Gottfried died yesterday. Uh, he had the heart condition, oh. I think. 67 years old. Only 67, yep. 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 Very good guy. Play a little clip of him when he was on the show. All right, love it. Ron Palillo, another very famous guest on the show. Yes, you know, he had the nose job. (laughs) He looks, uh, now, he's, so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's He's, a different person. He's dead, actually. Right. Well, I, I I loved when he died, and they did my favorite. Stop part. there! I yeah. loved when he died. <laughs> I loved when Ron Polillo died. <laughs> Certain things make me smile. Puppies. <laughs> a, a walk on a summer day yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dana Gould and uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I'm going to miss Gilbert. He was such a great guy, just a nice man. Quirky, no, no doubt oh, yeah. about it, quirky. But, man, he what a talent and just a great guy, and I miss him 
Kelly, I got to tell you this very quickly. In the last uh, few months, we've lost uh, four comedian friends. Scott Hansen, who was a very good friend from Minnesota. Uh, then Bob Saget died. Then Louis Anderson died. And now uh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey has died. It's been a hell of a 90-day run, Kelly, I'll tell you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awful, yeah. It is absolutely awful. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, Unapologetically Glorious, The Power of Owning Your Story Without Shame or Blame. I think I I really like the title, Kelly, because I think unless people own it without shame or blame, they're they're not being honest with themselves. You you did what you did. You do what you do and accept it and go forward. If you don't like it anymore, then you move on, right? Correct. And I think the... um really it's so important to be brutally self-honest with yourself um, in order to move forward with anything. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Kelly is a Nexium survivor. It's at NXIVM, uh, cult survivor, number one best-selling author, Kelly Thiel, best known for a role in the Nexium expose series, Seduced. I watched the show, Kelly. That was a great show. Really mm-hmm. good. Oh, so glad you liked it. And I thought the best part about that was all the experts that we had on to really explain what was going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, with the ta- the branding and the tattooing and the this, and I have to have sex with this, you and that. I mean, the whole thing was just a, more me now. It was all about him, wasn't it? That was all about him. I mean, in any cult uh, or cult-like organization, you're going to have a charismatic leader who is narcissistic, and it's all about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. One thing I did love, Kelly, is he claimed to have an IQ of, what, 275, which is like 50 points higher than anybody in history? <laughs> yeah, and he, he claimed to be the third smartest man in the world, and uh, he had about 100 or 200 patents out there that never, you know, got through the process. But, yes, he made a lot of claims. So how were you drawn to them, Kelly? I, I just want to listen, sit back and listen to how you were drawn to it what kind of experience you had, and how then you got away from it. I would love to hear that whole story if you have the time to do it, Kelly. Yeah. Um, well, I've been a speaker my whole life. You know, from a child, I was very curious about spirituality, about how people led their lives, how they became better people, all kinds of things. So I've tried a lot of different things. I've traveled all over the world. I was able to meet the Dalai Lama and um, traveled to Tibet, not to meet the Dalai Lama. I met him in San Francisco. But um, I got to do a lot of things, and I came to a place where I sort of felt like I hit a dead end, and I was feeling like I didn't really have a purpose. I was searching, and I came across this organization called um, Nixium. I was introduced by a friend. And I thought, you know, what the heck, Um, maybe I'll take some classes. You know, I did a little research on it, and there were some, I think Forbes had written an uh, an article about it, and there was some negative press, but everyone in the group, the organization of Nixon, told me, oh, you know, that's, you know, it's just baloney. They're just trying to get, make the organization look bad. So I went ahead and jumped in, took the classes, and I loved them. And the curriculum, a lot of the curriculum was really very helpful. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, think about it, and it really wouldn't uh, attract people if it weren't good uh, curriculum. So I got involved with the group. Um, I became a coach. I spent a lot of time within the organization coaching and helping people, enrolling tons of people. 
And I, over time, really became caught up in their narrative and their story and became brainwashed. And that's a lot about what my book is about, is kind of that, how that process happens for people. And, of course, I didn't, like, wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to join a cult. I didn't know it was right. a cult until long after I left, when I really started doing a lot of um, research and, and then getting involved with the uh, documentary. Is it really difficult to get out? You know, it really is. Now, no one's stopping you from leaving. No one's holding right, you hostage. Right. Um, but you, know, you, you have you have a lot of invested in you, you have a lot of emotional relationships. You're invested with the people. You're invested with yourself. You don't really want to say, oh, my God, I just made this big mistake. Um, I wasn't at that place yet where I could actually be really self-honest with myself. So was it hard to get out? Emotionally, yes, it was. Yeah, that makes total sense. You, did you ever follow their lead? And because I was noticing, you know, Kelly Thiel, you got the K and the T. You could you could come up with your own branding, and no one would notice that it's your your initials. That was so amazing that those people used their initials to <laughs> brand people, and nobody noticed. What was that yes. all about? Well, I think um, I only saw one brand myself after you know after leaving Nixium, um, oh, and sure. I think that they were to- well. I know that they were told that it wasn't someone's initials. They were told that they were um, signs of the elements, right. and uh, that it had nothing to do with any- anybody. Yeah, so people were taken off guard. I think when they figured it out. So it just happened to be his, and then a woman's initials, if I remember correctly. Is that right? <laughs> yes, Allison Mack. So it's oh, Aries, yeah. so K-R and Alex and A-M, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cram, that's nice. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a really nice touch. Well, what kind of person starts a cult? I mean, they have to be like, they have to be, oh, they have to have the it factor for people to want to follow them. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not talking much because my allergies are so bad. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just awful right now. The spring is killing me. Anyway, so I mean, they have to. I mean, there there has to be a reason why people follow follow these people. There, there must be. A, it's a, is it a sexual attraction thing? Is it a is it a replacement for the father figure? Is it a, a family dynamic that wasn't working in people's lives, and so this is better? Or how does it actually? work to attract people into so a I cult. Think for everyone yeah i think for everyone it's different and for this particular cult you know there was this mission of humanity how to better humanity so it attracted people like myself who were um wanting to make the world a better place and so if okay. you believe in this mission that someone has and then this person is built up by everyone else so the narrative around this person is that they're the smart, third smartest man in the world and they're doing all these great things to help elevate humanity. You kind of get caught up in that story and you start to believe it because you want to believe it. Like, I wanted to believe that there was someone out there that actually was trying to help humanity and that I was part of it. And so um, that was the attraction for me. Now, I, when I did get into therapy and we did a lot of talking, one of the things that we did break down was my family background to sort of see if that was the attraction. So I think for some people it could be. For me, it wasn't. 
I did love the community itself. I loved all the other members. I really felt like we had something special. So that was another part of the attraction for me. Okay. The belonging part. It's just always, it's just a question I always have when I hear about a cult. It's like, how does this dynamic work? That makes total sense. Thank you. Well, I suppose in a way it's like becoming friends with classmates. You're kind of in the same, like I went to, I went to Catholic school until eighth grade. So all my friends, Mm -hmm. because of where I went to school, were Catholics. I suppose in a way I was a member of a a cult Mm -hmm. without even knowing it, I guess. You had something in common, right? You had that common bond. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, we all are looking to to fit in. We all would like to be part of the whole situation. It's so funny, though, Kelly, one thing, as you go on in life, because I'm quite a bit older than you, I think, but I, I just, at some point in your life, you'll go, I don't care what anyone else thinks of me. I tried my best. If you like me, great. And if you don't, I don't care. I ultimate really, freedom, that ultimate is. Ultimate freedom, that is. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, Kelly, I don't know how old you are, but someday you're going to go, I don't care if you like me or not. Leave me alone. <laughs> It'll be great. Well, it's so funny. It's so funny that you say that because I've literally just arrived at that place. Yeah, so it's writing the good. book and doing, you know, the documentary, I had to, when the documentary first came out, like it was being screened at um, one of the producer, uh, director's home during COVID, and I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> she yeah. said, that's a little late, uh, stars are, it's done. And so I had that moment where I had to decide, do I want to run and hide, or do I want to just own this, man, just own it? And so I decided I was going to own it. And in, in the ownership of my story, which has a lot of ups and downs, not just with Nixie, but my whole life, like everyone else, we all have, mm-hmm. our, it's not a linear process. We have, so in, that, in the owning of it, I found this freedom of being able to say, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Right. Because it just doesn't matter. Uh, it, because it's my story. And I'm owning it. But if I was running away from it and trying to hide it, then, then things would, it would matter what people thought. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly it. What you find out in life is as you go along, if, if we like one another because of who we are, that's a wonderful relationship. If it's about something else, including a lot mm-hmm. of cults, it's about sex, no doubt. Then it, it doesn't count as you accept me. You need something from me. Otherwise, you wouldn't have me here. That's not a friendship. That's not being part exactly. of the cult. It's being used. Exactly. And that's, and that's what was happening. We were all being used for different things. Some for sex, some for, you know, work. You know, we all worked for free. Some for um, resources. We were all being used for something that ultimately went to Keith. He was the, ult- the person who ultimately benefited from all of it. Um, and it's all about control, and sex happens to be one way to control people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. How, how did now? What? How did you announce to the to the group Nexium that I've had enough and I'm leaving, or did you just leave? Um, I wrote an email just saying that I wanted nothing more to do with Nexium, and I oh, just okay. sort of just left. You know, people don't run and try to stop you. Um, so it was, it was, but it was a, it was a slow, I left slowly. It wasn't like I woke up one day and went, ah, oh, I'm out of here. Because that's not what happens when your brain, right. you know, right. you, 
takes a while for you to start changing the way you see things because your perspective is so skewed. It took a while. Um, once I saw what was happening with DOS and the branding and I was being recruited into DOS at that time when it all blew up, you know, that was a big, obviously, red flag. But I still had to do some more homework for myself to really believe that this was real, that was really happening because I was had been so brainwashed into believing that Keith was for good and that how could he be doing something bad? How could this be happening? So it took a while. Yeah, that does make sense. And is it... So when you first go to Nexium, or I, I'm just saying Nexium because that was the, the culture that you were in, when you first arrive, is there a great mm-hmm. joy that you found something really special? How long does that joy last? Well, when I first started taking the curriculum, within like the third day, I was starting to see results on my, for myself. Oh. And, of course, one of the big red flags of cults is called love bombing. And that's when everybody treats you like you're special. Everybody's into you. No. They are paying attention to you. They're guiding you along. And boy, you know, that does feel really good. And so mm-hmm. that's where the highs are kind of started coming from, the combination of me making these changes in myself and having this huge amount of support from all these people who seemed like <laughs> they were all high on <laughs> the curriculum and all <laughs> well, brainwashed, yeah. too. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. And so... That's a nice thing to be around. Um, it's it's uh, it's hard to, you know, realize when, you, when I look back that oh my gosh, that was all just a big fake pretend thing. Yeah. Now, how long does that last? <laughs> I would say that lasts uh, pretty much throughout the whole time you're there until you finally figure out you shouldn't be there anymore. Oh, and the okay, reason I okay. say that is because. Um, you know, I pushed back along the way, right? There are many times when I pushed back against the people that were just above me. Um, and the moment that I started going off what I call off the reservation, <laughs> um, right. they'd send in the troops and they would say, and, and, you know, talk me back off the ledge. And they could seem like whatever I was doing was going against myself. And so, you know, uh, if I did this, you know, I'm not trying to grow or I'm, I'm stopping my growth. And so they would talk me back into it. And that probably happened quite a few times. And then when you get talked back into it, you sort of buy back into the program and that and being happy and, and excited about it again. So that's how that works. That is so amazing. So is there a general timetable, how long it takes to go from, my God, everybody here loves me, to going, eh, they guess they don't really love me as I thought they did? Uh, is it is it a couple of months? Um, is it a year? Yeah. I think for me, it was uh, the disillusion or the the disillusion pieces started probably, you know, like about two months in. I'd become a coach. The reason that happened was I had these questions, right? So that my intuition's kind of popping up, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel a little disillusioned. And that then the troops would come in, and then they talk me back into it. So I'd say. It's probably different for everyone, but for me, it was all about two months in. And it would happen regularly, like about once a month, once every two months. I would um, start kind of pitching a fit, and then I would get tossed back down. <laughs> so you pitched a I fit, know, did I you, know. Kelly? <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> yeah, what the that? hell, little one? No, I, I think that's wonderful that you said you pitched a fit, <laughs> which, well, you know, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Um, it, it is yeah, interesting, the human I condition. I called a child. What was that? 
Oh, I said I would be called a child when I did that. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Breaking the condition. No, no, I, I just, I was, it just fascinates me. That, because look, Kelly, obviously, when we're children, when we're young adults, then we get older in life, and then we get much older in life, there are always periods when we want to be accepted, we want to be fit in, and we want to fit in, we want people to mm-hmm. like us, we want some people to love us. I mean, I'm, Catherine and I have been together for 42 years now, and I tell her all, all the time that I love her more now than I ever have. It's gotten bigger, not smaller. You know, Which I take offense yeah, to. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> then I love her more. She takes offense to that. No, Kelly. just love me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But but that's is that what you're looking for? Is, is that what you're looking for? That acceptance, that love, that hey, look, I'm just one. I'm one of you, and I just want to be liked. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. Everybody wants that, Kelly. Right. Of course, and that was a big thing for me. I really wanted to belong, and when mm-hmm. you're in a community, being part of that, they really push that belonging part, and that, I think, pulls on a lot of people's heartstrings, belonging and being accepted. I mean, it's a human, it's very, very human. It's, it's part of what makes us emotional human beings, and so that was a big piece for me, and in my book, I talk a lot about that, because that acceptance and belonging started way before Nixon. You know, oh, I'd, yeah, always, sure. I'd always struggle sure. with that. And so being, being brought into this community with this love bombing, you know, that just hit for me, hit every chord. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I literally, just, it just struck me just now, my, my father's mother, my grandmother, I was staying with them when I was, I believe, five or six years old. And I saw this picture of a barn that I thought my grandmother would really like. So I brought it over to her and I said, look at this, Grandma. And she, to just kind of joke around with me, said, um, oh, I don't think it's all that nice. It's an okay barn, but I don't, it's okay, but that's about it. And she said, my lip got, my lower lip got really big. And I looked up at her and I said, don't you like the barn, Grandma? Right? It's the same thing, though. What do you, you don't like the barn, Grandma? I was deeply hurt because I didn't fit into what she liked. It, it was a problem. I do remember that very clearly, Kelly. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're all searching for that. We all want to belong to something or someone. Sure. And, uh, it, it, that's, and Nick Sam really played into that, especially for me. Well, I mean, this show is a, a grand example of that. This show is my wife, our son, our daughter, and me. It's the family. We want to be with our family. We want to spend a lot of time with our family. Well, I don't know if the kids want to, but we make them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those deals. <laughs> Andy and Alex, as younger people, what do you think of this whole idea? What do I think of cults? I don't like them. No, I mean fitting in. They are cults. Bad. God. See, this is what I get, Kelly. This is what I get in my life, Kelly. Zero stress. No, I mean wanting to be accepted. Thumbs down. Wanting to be loved and be accepted. I mean, that's that's a whole different. So what what do you guys think about that whole deal? How how did you, do you remember how you kind of went after it and said, hey, I... I want people to like me. Or did well, you not care? Andy and I kind of went opposite directions. I didn't care at all. He didn't care at no, all. No, he didn't. That's but true. Then, yeah. but, but you, like, retreated. Yeah. You were like, I'm just going to hang out I by myself. I didn't care about people in general. And do my games <laughs> and please leave me alone. Whereas I generally don't care what people think about me. 
but I am extremely social and I'm kind of more like if you don't like me you don't need to be around me but then I find people that do like me and then I buzz around mm-hmm. a lot because I'm just I'm a very social person but we also luckily grew up in a household where we were very supported and loved and appreciated for who we are so it's like if you grew up mm-hmm. in a household where you didn't get mm-hmm. much respect and appreciation for being you i could very easily see somebody being like oh this person wants like appreciates me and wants me around and yeah. it would be very easy well cults very um deliberately go after people who don't have much they don't have yeah, much support or mm-hmm. they don't have a family or they don't have friends or they're new in town and they're scared and they don't understand what's going on, that kind of thing. They seek out uh, vulnerability because that's the easiest way to manipulate someone is to swoop in and be the hero and say, oh, you don't have to worry about any of that. I'll uh, take care of it for you. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any question. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I don't. I just wanted Kelly to be able to, to respond to that point. Uh, but, uh, see, that's a huge part of it, Alex. It's funny, not funny, but it's interesting you bring that up because in my family, my mother was very accepting, but she wasn't around a lot because she had to work 10, 12 hours a day. My father was not accepting of us all. I never even knew if my father knew who the hell I was, to tell you the truth. So I lived in a, in a very different kind of household. But... Um, the one thing that really helped me a lot, Kelly, and it's I talk about this quite often, uh, my mother when she was at work and my father was gone, um, the the parents of my friends took me aside and said, you're a nice you're a nice boy, Tom. You'll do just fine and don't worry about it. And if you need anything, just go ahead. The parents in my neighborhood stepped up and really, really helped me. I think I'm extremely lucky. That does not happen to too many people, I don't think. Or does it? Maybe it does. I think we would be extremely lucky to have that happen. Um, But I think, you know, years ago it was probably more common than it is now to have that happen. Um, I think you're probably right about that. But I think back to the, yeah, and I think just going back to the cults and the vulnerability, yes, they do seek out vulnerability. And there were, uh, there was a program that they used called um, Emotion, they're called EM, and they basically would seek out those vulnerabilities. And then they'd be used against you. So yeah, if your vulnerability sense. was belonging or your vulnerability was, you know, um, it could be anything, they would go after that and use it against you. So no, I, um, that's what cults do. They're very good at that. They are indeed. You're going to love this paragraph. The candid telling shines a new light on what you thought you knew about the self-help organization. She was awarded the number one bestseller by Amazon Studios following a tsunami of demand during pre-sale. Big shot, Kelly Thiel. That's all I know. Number one bestseller. That's pretty impressive, Kelly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Don't you much. think? Well, uh, I didn't know you were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know you were. Well, it's part of the, it's part of the descriptor, so you should know now. Who's he talking about? Like, what? Oh, God. You're being accepted, Kelly. That's all I'm saying. You're being accepted. That's a good thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel it. I feel it. 
There you oh, go. Thank you Unapologetically so much. Um, glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame. It's available on Amazon and everywhere. Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being so honest because I'm, hey, look, if you just help one people by, one person by talking about this, that's a wonderful thing, don't you think? Yes, and that's the whole idea. If I could help one person, that would that would make my everything be, come true for me. Kelly, thank, thank you. you. Have a wonderful day. It was such a such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Our pleasure, Kelly. Thank you. Kelly Thiel, ladies and gentlemen. Again, just go to Amazon, unapologetically, unapologetically <laughs> glorious, the power of owning your story without shame or blame. I thought she was terrific. I thought she was a terrific guest. Very, very honest about the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to see or to hear pe- people that have been s- sucked into that kind of world why it happened and what it all means. Well, it is human nature, and Andy and Alex, you can, and particularly you, Alex, can answer this. Uh, but look, I went to Catholic school, so everybody I hung out with, Andy Fisher and the Lorentz and Greg Lundin, and you go down the list, there were other, you know, Protestants in the neighborhood that we hung out with, but you know. But no, in general, you want to be accepted by your schoolmates and, and your the people that live in your neighborhood. Uh, well... What she what what stood out to me when she was talking about the fact that they give you tons of attention mm-hmm. for a while, I mean that alone, most people don't get tons of attention. That's what why people want to be celebrities so badly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, people would love think, oh my god, if everybody knew who I was and they mm-hmm. loved me and they thought I was wonderful, oh my a god, being a celebrity's really got to be the best thing in the world. <coughs> you know, they don't see any of the downside of it. Right. So I mean, for you to join a community and then all of a sudden everybody's just like, oh, aren't you the greatest? Oh, my God, you look so great today. You know, just compliments, compliments, compliments. You're thinking, hey, this is great. No, it is. But on the other hand, Alex, an example of what I'm talking about on the other hand is because it does it's the people that you like being with and you fit in with and you're comfortable with. I hadn't seen Dana in quite some time, mm-hmm. probably since your wedding, I would guess. Is that about the last time I saw her? No, we hung out at your house a couple times during COVID when everything was shut down. We oh, when go to restaurants. We would, you got, remember when you were in the basement and you were all mad because Dana and I were too loud? That wasn't no. that long ago. Okay, well. I don't remember. You're trying to watch Where's Papa know. for the 3,000th time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know it's time to wrap up the show right now, though. That's all I'm saying. You were going to say sister. something about Dana. What no, about I just think I, I just think it's so nice that you know I don't see her very much. What I see every few years or a couple of years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And every time I see her, it's like I just saw her yesterday. Yeah, Dana's good stuff. She's good. She's a very nice person. Yeah, she's yeah. very uncomplicated. Very she's honest. Thank you very, for that, Dana. Yes, she's. Well, she's a very honest person, which <laughs> I really like. Cassie has to say that clip with Andy. What do I think of cults? Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Interesting question. That was funny. Andy, is there any way we could play that clip? Do I know it's only forty-five seconds? Do you have it ready to on, on at the ready? I'd like to close with that clip again if you have it. Uh, yeah. So just uh, drop it and then hit the outro. You got it. Here it is. I yeah, love no. this Maybe, piece of audio. Maybe for, for people that don't know, Gilbert Gottfried has passed away. He, he died, died yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And he he's did. he's been on the podcast a few times, and Tom's yeah, talked to him times. many times. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, he's been on many, many times. All right, here is the audio, and we'll close it out. Thanks for listening. The audio, you're going to love this with the family.
Ron Palillo, another very famous oh, guest. Ron, of the show. yes, it, you know he had the nose job. He looks uh, now. He's so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's, he's a different. He's person. dead, actually. Right. So well, I, I loved when he died, and they did my favorite. Stop part. there! I yes. loved when he died. I loved when he died. <laughs> I loved when Ron Palillo died. Uh, certain things make me smile. Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> a, a walk on a summer day yeah. and the death of Ron <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back. <laughs>